1: Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week six. I am the Welsh, Chris Welsh, joined by Jake Seely, Brandon Funston, and today we are talking about the ranks for week six and bye weeks. The bye weeks are here. Probably not as uh, brutal or gruesome as they're going to get in like, oh, I don't know, week nine. Is anybody prepared for week nine? 14. Jake Seeley, are you, oh, is it 14? I was about to say, are you actually prepared now that they're here? Did you properly prepare for your bye weeks? Do you feel okay about it? More or less, I don't draft with the thought process of
2: bye weeks because look at how much your roster has changed from today through week five. Uh, and there's nobody out there that's the same roster unless you just ran into the massive luck of luck. And by the way, if you have, go visit Welsh and then go and head over to Vegas and do some things over there because <laughs> that's the only way you deserve to have that kind of luck. Now, you know, I started thinking about a week or two ago, just starting to plan. Uh, I see some people out there already saying, "Hey." I got a quarterback I need to pick up for week eight. And I'm like, eh, wait one more week. I know I don't mind a week ahead, but I mean, roster spots could clear up just by injuries. We had two, James Conner and Najee, or Najee Harris.
1: Might as well be Najee Harris. Damien Harris last week. So just... Look ahead, but don't go crazy with it. And a yeah. point I was going to throw in, too, is like uh, when you talk about how your roster doesn't look the same, Brandon. Uh, this week, seeing, uh Eno Benjamin ranked ahead of Najee Harris probably tells you a whole lot about where <laughs> we're at in the state of fantasy football.
0: Yeah, I'm guilty of that ranking as well. Um, you said it's not a brutal week for, for fantasy. It kind of is. It's kind of brutal to take those four defenses off the off the slate because they're awful. And, you know, we'll talk about our quarterbacks that we might be willing to play this week. Like if you look at like taking those defenses away from potential quarterbacks that we'd be playing them um, takes probably a few guys that you might normally consider playing a- off the table. So uh, I was just—it's funny—I was looking at like the Lions, the, the uh, Raiders, and the Titans are like bottom five in pass defense when it comes to the quarterback position. So uh, it's
1: a really great point. I'm glad you brought that up. The Week Six buys, as you just mentioned, Lions, Texans, Raiders, and Tennessee Titans all out. Uh, I was actually thinking of it from, like, an offensive perspective. You know, with the Lions, we've been kind of doing without Swift, and Monarch St. Brown has been getting back. Texans, I lost Pierce in some leagues. Raiders, it's pretty much Devontae Smith, maybe Jacobs. And, you know, the Titans, and Derrick Henry, and just whatever else if you're trying to fool yourself. But I was looking at it from those offensive pieces. That was rather
0: dismissive of Josh Jacobs, by the way.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I didn't mean to. You know what? I totally agree. I did not mean to be dismissive (laughs) about Josh Jacobs because I went into Devontae Adams. But, uh, you know, hey, luckily, even with the bye, we're not also going to lose him next week after he was cited for a like a lower misdemeanor. That, like they they uh, they did the report after he mm. shoved the, the camera guy. And then they had it was like the Zapruder film that was going out there, like different angles of Devonte Adams. People are breaking down. You've never seen so much coverage on it. And it then we crazy. find out. Yeah, yeah. They're like, look at this angle. He's the guy is kind of looking over to the side. And then ultimately what we find out is they have this big report. He's being charged. Uh, with a misdemeanor and then they're like well it's like this lower lower misdemeanor that has about a $250 fine all of that for this guy who
0: apparently went to the hospital and I don't uh, what a weird situation well it's funny I just want I don't think we need to belabor this but it looked terrible from the the original angles but then when you actually see the one from behind Devante it's like the guy just came out of nowhere and it almost looked very reactive and he kind of paused like you know what just happened so i i went from thinking Devonte was like dude you need to just like settle yourself down and check yourself you know to like okay I, I can see in the in the moment how that could have happened and it wasn't his fault at all so i can see yeah. it all
2: the above and then yeah. i also saw the dollar signs go bling 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 in the guy's eyes as soon as he went to the <laughs> ground and was he 19 like this yeah. like, honestly like Be honest about it. I mean, this is 100%. The reason he filed is because that's the only way you can press charges for money. So there you go. I mean, that's exactly what it's possible. By the way, possible concussion. Isn't this just like a, a zero or one? Like it's one or the other. It's not. Oh, I got half of a concussion. There's no such thing. I mean, right. Even, it's not I, like it's
0: a, it's like a, it could still happen. It's like either you have a concussion right now as, <laughs> as it happened, or you don't three days <laughs> from
1: now, I got a concussion. <laughs> let me, let me talk to my accountants. Uh, what it kind came of concussion with the do I have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let me look at my co- bank account. I he's definitely, hi, he's hiring concussion. Jackie Childs. That's this what he's crazy. going for. Right. Yeah. What a ridiculous thing. Uh, a couple other notes going into week six before we get into our ranks where uh, Brandon and Jake are going to be giving you some starts and some darts some dart throws. Uh, to play kind of across the board. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is returning to practice on Thursday on a limited, non-contact basis. Uh, this is according to Ian Rapoport. Mike McDaniel has already kind of alluded to, um, to Skylar Thompson being the starter. Here's what I'm curious about. Does it matter which quarterback is out there for you to not affect Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. Jake can start with you. Is there any effect if Teddy Bridgewater were to play that you'd be like, Ooh, okay, this is a little bit better for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, because I know what I'm going to get with Teddy. That That's the difference. It has nothing to do. Like I'm not moving
2: them down egregiously. If Skylar Thompson's under center, which it sounds like, I mean, they all but announced that he's under center because they said Teddy's expected to be out there as the backup. So it sounds like it's definitively happening. Uh, I didn't move him down that much. It's just, I think you look at Skylar and not that I think he did anything great in that game, but there were some signs of life, but it's like, okay, can Skylar Thompson go out there, throw 252 touchdowns and they both have good games and then you get a potential top 15 finish for both of them. Sure could he go reckless and only target one and then spread the ball around and throw multiple picks and have a miserable day? That's also in the equation. At least if we know Teddy's out there, we know Teddy's Teddy. That That's the difference. So it's basically comparing it to like a wide receiver three versus,
1: you know, an RB three. You got the floor versus the boom bust upside. I, I don't know. Well, you kind of did it because this feels like at the end of the day, we are not affecting Hill, but we're affecting Waddle. Um, Again, if this no, I dinged, Bridgewater... I dinged Hill a little bit too.
2: I, did, I would okay. have had... I would have had Hill around Jamar Chase and Marquise Brown, top four, five, six. But now he's down by nine, ten with A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton. And then same thing for Waddle. I would have had Waddle around Lockett like 13, 14, 15. But now I have him down by 18. They both fell about a half of a tier.
1: Brandon, do you think that it's that? Is it equal tiered drop or do you think Waddle is more of an effect here?
0: Yeah. You know, see, this is how I look at it. Like I'm not going to downgrade in either of these guys to the point where I'm not playing them. And secondly, right. like the, so the, both of these guys, the great things about them is they can be air yards guys where you can send them downfield and throw deep to them, but you can also throw to them at the line of scrimmage. And if you know who your quarterback is, say on Thursday, like, you know, as we're recording today, if you kind of have an idea, it's going to be so-and-so. That you can kind of game plan for that, and these receivers are so versatile that you can game plan in a way that accentuates the positives of that quarterback. So I think they'll figure out a way to use these guys in the way that works best with the quarterback that's going to be out there.
1: Brennan, do you think we will ever see Keenan Allen again, as Coach Staley said, that he is currently day-to-day? We saw him week one. We haven't seen him since. Milk Carton is out. There is an a chance, an opportunity, I suppose. Does the day to day give you any encouragement that he is going to be able to play? And it's Monday night, so does it even matter?
0: Uh, yeah, right. You get to wait. It's like, you, what are you going to do? Like, is sit on the Josh Palmer versus Keenan Allen kind of decision? I, like, I have Josh Palmer everywhere, so I guess that's a real world thing for me. I could do that, but like that hasn't really been working out with Keenan Allen out anyway. So, um, I always feel like with. With hamstrings, like, err on the side of caution. So, if he needs another week, if I'm a Keenan Allen manager, I'm fine with that. Like, it sucks, but it's not a great matchup, anyways. And if, like, you come out and you're not 100% and you do any kind of, like, thing where you miss a couple more weeks because you have a you know relapse, then screw that. Like, just take the extra week. Um, we'll just deal with it. But I, I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of at this point guessing I, I, I'm not, I'm not you know, excited about Keenan Allen this week, even if he does play. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe if he day a day still that he probably won't play.
1: You know, I I did not check the link yet, uh, Jake. But I'm going to imagine that you're not even associating him in. Is there anything that would be worthwhile taking the risk for? Do you just say screw it? Even if, if even if he's active, we just burn it because he is a flight risk for our fantasy teams.
2: You burn it as in like
1: don't even trust him. No, no, I'm saying like are you willing like burn it where he would play and you say well screw it I wasn't going to risk it you know, that hoping he would play if he ends up playing and scores and whatever, no. I want my guy on Sunday. I'm not risking
0: like you're going oh, no. KJ Hamler or something. If you know, you're no, anything. Because, yeah, yeah, whatever, this, because if, if, this is why. I, so I have that
2: one on one in the rankings column to say, like, look, this is what it comes down to. What do you think your team needs? And one of the things, at least in this situation, when you have a Monday night game is you can actually see where you stand on Sunday afternoon and then say, what do I need? You know, if you're down by 20, then you're like, well, then I'll risk it and play for Keenan Allen, and if he's out, uh, like, pff, what was my chances anyway? And then maybe I do throw in Palmer, or maybe, hell, I take a chance with DeAndre Carter. So that's where he's, but scenario going into Sunday evening, and you're like, ooh, I just need to know I'm going to get some points. Let me plug in Corey Davis, and that's how you look at it. Oh, Corey Davis plays before, but you get my point. That's how you look at it. As of right now, if I knew Keenan Allen was playing, I don't even have him aggressively, like, you must start. I have him at 25 right now. Thinking he's going to play. That's that's not where Keenan Allen would normally be. So I don't even think he's a guarantee. Even if we know on Saturday that he's playing,
1: I guess like uh, what if you're put in a situation where you're t- you have to make this option Drake London, who's up against the Niners, who have a secondary issue after losing Emmanuel Mosley, or Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, you have ranked higher, but if you if you Still put not in... do it
2: unless I have a backup on that
1: game, so okay. I'm not. That, that, risk that's a where I was zero. going. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going with that, because he's a little bit too risky. Uh, Another one that's floating out there, and I've noticed there's a lot of ranks that have associated this. uh, I think they're building in that he will not play. James Conner did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with this rib issue. It seems to be going over, and as I said at the top of the episode, you know Benjamin is being very aggressively ranked this week. Uh, Our own Jake Seeley has him very aggressively ranked. So do you anticipate... You will not see James Conner or you're going to see him in a lower role that is dropping him where, Eno Benjamin has jumped him.
2: I don't have I don't have James Conner in the rankings because they brought in 18 running backs and then signed Corey (laughs) Clement or they were going to sign Corey Clement and then they signed Tyson Williams. So this just tells me they don't have a lot of faith and we could get a surprise, turn the corner on Friday, maybe. And then that changes everything. But. You know, Benjamin, for me, what it comes down to is the same scenario. this is what I compare it to, which we're jumping ahead Which So I'll have to find another running back for who I trust more than everybody else. But Eno, <laughs> Eno oh, Benjamin, yeah, you know, you know, Benjamin for this reason is because similar. And I'm going to make the comparison. So when we just saw Javante Williams go down, it was Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone. And they, they sniped Latavius Murray for the Saints. But Latavius Murray wasn't even active in that first game. And I'm not saying Tyson Williams won't be active. But you don't really see running backs come in, sign that week, and get significant work. I am concerned Eno Benjamin's significant work if Daryl Williams was out there, but he's already been ruled out because I don't think Eno Benjamin's built to be a 20-touch guy. But for one one off week, similar to Chase Edmonds, what we've seen on this team before, Chase Edmonds only had like three opportunities to really have the backfield to himself, but similar scenarios in those situations, whereas... You don't bring in somebody to that needs to learn the offense, needs to get the playbook under wraps, has been sitting on the street in Tyson Williams, and then all of a sudden he's going to take 15 touches from Eno Benjamin. So that's why. I would normally not think Eno Benjamin's 20 touches, but in this scenario, I could see him getting 20.
1: Uh, Carlos should bring in Latavius Murray, too, by the way, and just supplant tyson williams just to have go full circle uh brandon uh, same thing you were gonna you were gonna comment on yeah
0: and it's seattle like even if it's like if it's not you know if what if it's 13 14 touches just give it to me you know like Seattle's given up over 100 yards rushing to the running back position in every game they average like 46 receiving yards allowed to the running back position like it's just they're bad and i watch them play play in and play out every week there it's bad there's no smoke and mirrors here this they're sport. they're a horrible defense
2: they're terrible they're whatever, whichever way you look at it, either bottom four or top four allowed in epa and rush and pass yeah. so like it, it doesn't matter you just destroy them no matter what
0: we wanted to tank like out here we wanted to tank for uh, a quarterback and now we want to tank for defense like i was just about to say <laughs> 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 like now we just need some good defensive players Sure up that defense
1: race. please yeah. like hey what's our need Everything, all of it and above. Uh, two more uh, big injury things I want to hit on, and then we're going to get to the ranks. Chris Godwin was limited this week, and I had a, I was having a heated debate with Bogman, uh, Scott Bogman, about this over and in this league, where he's just still very concerned with Godwin coming off of last week and being kind of babied this week. I have optimism because I this is an incredible matchup this week, and I want to rank Godwin very, very high. Are either one of you concerned about Godwin and his usage this week, whether he gets taken out, whether the injury is going to limit him? Um, you can raise your hand or whoever wants to go. Is anybody worried about Godwin whatsoever? Or you is go it first, Austin. Opposite?
2: I have comments, too.
1: Um, yeah, you go first.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is along the lines of J.K. Dobbins, where you expected him to be treated you know, with kid gloves early on. I actually really like his how much he's been playing and how much he's been seeing stuff. Everybody else is hurt. Julio Jones is hurt. Russell Gage isn't a hundred percent. And Oh, by the way, like let's, I don't care how bad Pittsburgh is. Let's not just assume Tampa is going into Pittsburgh and this is going to be a blowout. I have a feeling this will be a closer game. than Tampa wants it to be. I'm glad and said I, that. yeah. And, and like, I, we're just, so I just think Chris Godwin's going to get his run. And I think he's a pretty safe play to get his five, six, seven catches. I'd like to see a little bit more production, maybe see him find the end zone out of that, but I can't fault the volume and I just like I said, I think it's gonna be a little bit closer is, than people.
1: Is think. that based off of uh inefficiencies in the Bucks offense or the Steelers stepping up and maybe inefficiencies on the Bucks defense? I
0: think it's inefficiencies in the Bucks offense. I, I gotcha. do. What 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 I what I saw last week is Tom Brady finally just is like waves the white flag and just sells out to throw into Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. Like that's become like the easiest thing for him to do right now.
2: I see, and that's what I'm glad you said. Well, for first of all, by the way, why are we endorsing kids punching each other? Where is, where did that come from anyway? Kids gloves? Like I never understood that saying. <laughs> like we were, like boxing matches <laughs> I, between eight year olds. I and, know where I never... you were going with that. I was like, wait, what happened? What are you talking about? I got. You, I never understood gloves, yeah. where that saying came from. Is like there's a lot of arenas out there, and they're just like having to let
1: eight and ten year olds. Honestly, punch don't even each other know what and,
0: like... that means. Is that because they put give the kids like the oversized gloves? So they can't like yeah, it's just so like, so you so so saying, hit, like you wouldn't hit you wouldn't
1: hit as hard. So you want to be more gentle about it. But yeah, uh, that's so, the point. So, so, well, you yeah, go yeah, boxing yeah, know, with your know, kids a lot, Chris, and then you no, don't, I like. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I have no answers to this. Great question. Something we can cover in the future. Why do we say <laughs> I, kids I, love? <laughs> I just hope
2: that the Steelers offense can keep pace. That that's my concern. And so, if so. Uh, Our own Greg Amon said that Gris Godwin was was standing on the sideline in the second half, basically because the Buccaneers were kind of in control. And that was why they're just not going to push him, that he's not really on the snap count, but he kind of is. He's he's got that half concussion like the photographer. He's got a half snap count and like it's kind of there, but it's not. So that's my concern. If like they're keeping pace, then I think you see Godwin for most of the game. The concern would be what if, you know, Kenny
1: Pickett goes pick city and then all of a sudden this is over in the third quarter and then he gets yanked last one on the injury headlines before we get to the ranks jonathan taylor uh coach frank reich said they're optimistic that he's going to return in week six a do you think he returns b are you going to trust the workload jake seeley you have him ranked pretty aggressive so i think we kind of know the answer but any thoughts on uh his injury coming into this week Wait, wait wait whose injury Jonathan Taylor. Well, Jonathan Taylor, the. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. Well, no, cause you
2: said yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Kids close. No, you you, <laughs> you, on my end blipped out for a second there. So it, it, Jonathan Taylor, the, the Wednesday issue is a little bit concerning. We'll have to see. We're recording this before we get the Thursday practices. So we'll have to find out from that. Let's say if you get even a Lebanon Thursday, I would sound good about it. Although it sounds like Naeem Hines is getting back out there, too, already from his concussion. So. And it's an interesting situation. Basically, if John Taylor suits up, John Taylor's out there. I know Matt Ryan's ruined this offense, but it's been the one week of the injury, one decent game, and then like kind of an eh game mixed in there. Week one, everybody already forgot week one where he went ballistic and everybody was like, this is why we drafted Jonathan Taylor. And I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor is the number one running back in fantasy football but it's funny how quickly people have soured on him to the point where he's become a buy low now like he's still if he's out there and healthy i as you said aggressively ranked i am fifth i would still play him in front of Fournette, who's kind of touchdown reliant and dalvin cook who sees some touches although i feel better about the sidebar on this I feel better about dalvin cook of alexander mattson's out there not out there
1: yeah i almost brought that one up on here uh jordan schultz uh, i see on twitter just putting it out here. You don't see him do football stuff. But uh, he said, encouraging news that sources say that Jonathan Taylor is practicing today. This was uh, less Ooh. than an hour ago as we're going. So oh, that there would you go. Be, yeah, that'd be good news. So, uh, Brandon, pretty easy stuff there. Jonathan Taylor practices. We put him back in the lineups and we all celebrate.
0: Yeah. And let's not forget, you got Derrick Henry, Jamal Williams, Damian Pierce and Josh Jacobs not on the slate. So like just if Jonathan Taylor's there, I, there's really not a whole lot we're thinking about.
1: Let's talk about ranks for week six. Uh, we've got all these bad boys to get through, and let's start with quarterbacks. Week six quarterback, we like more than anybody else. If that exists, these are usually non-QB1s that get put into this list. Mr. Jake Seeley, who's a quarterback that you like more than anybody else? To nobody.
2: <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> And done. Uh- and done. I originally had some hope for Carson Wentz, but this whole shoulder, elbow, bicep thing going on and inside injuries said they don't love it and everybody should be OK with the 10 day layoff for next week. But I don't love that. I was kind of hoping we got might get a mini shootout. I said to mini on all in football, I said 24 to 20. We'd be happy about that. That's like a mini shootout for these teams. But <laughs> I, after Carson Wentz hearing that, I just gino but everybody's on gino at this point i have gino inside the top 10 and i'm not dismissing what gino's done this year but that's all you need to know about the quarterback position that we're like Geno smith's top 10. like this is i don't really want to go to russell wilson against the chargers although the defense has been better than expected i mean i have daniel jones inside the top 15. that's how bad this week is and that's just because i know he's gonna run
1: yeah, you remember yep. that thing I said earlier today, uh, earlier in the episode, where it's like, hey, Eno Benjamin's ahead of Najee Harris. That's how this season has gone. Same thing. Geno Smith is ahead of uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. So thumbs up to everybody. Welcome to week six. <laughs> this has
0: been the... Oh,
1: look, that's how... <laughs> yep. Foss is pissed about week six. He doesn't even want to talk it, about it anymore. He was so mad, he just <laughs> ran away. He just like, screw this, I'm out of here. Uh, there he goes. <laughs> oh, there he goes. I don't know what happened there. Okay. We were saying you were so pissed off. by talking about Gino. (laughs) I've never seen you so fired up. You were so worked up. Let's go. Are we going to re? Are we going to redo that?
2: No,
0: no, no. Letting this roll. Yeah. I was in the middle of saying this was the week in, in one key QB 12 team leagues where everybody went after Gino and I had a bunch of Derek Carr. So I went after Gino. I couldn't get him anywhere. I had had like three waiver claims on him and then grid a best uh, bid aggressively. And, didn't get him so yeah a lot of people are in on gino i'll just say that my my streaming play that i think could be serviceable is jimmy garoppolo I mean, going up against atlanta he was 253 and two touchdowns last week could he do that again this week i think that's definitely on the table so as far as a floor you might get one touchdown instead of two but i think you're going to get mid 200 yards at worst and and that'll play maybe this week if you're in a bind
1: yeah, I agree with that one, by the way. I had this in uh, in one of my week picks where, you know, the two guys like outside of the top 12 that I really liked were Daniel Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo. Falcons giving up uh, fantasy points, top six to wide receivers, over 200-plus yards to Jimmy the last two weeks. He's got three touchdowns and no picks. It's just a great opportunity, even though he is Jimmy Garoppolo in general. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a worry. And if, and if you have to put somebody on these lists and like them in general, I can uh, get down with that one. So week six running back that you like more and your dart throw. So this is your start <laughs> and your dart of the week. Jake Seely. we have a theme that we're going to be going with, so you can go first. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, at this point, uh, the Eno was the top one, so my yeah. dart throw, uh, I, I couldn't find anybody to really pivot because outside the top Eno. 20, it gets gross. Well, I've already, I already mentioned Eno, but I do have two. I'll call, I'm double both dart throws now, and so that's what I'll go with here. And it's Mike Boone, who I think looked more explosive plenty of times that Melvin Gordon did in that game. And despite the fact Melvin Gordon did fine, we've already seen, you know, just the benching before from the fumbles and they've kind of been frustrated. I'm not super excited about Mike Boone, but the Chargers run defense is not as good as people might think. And that's an opportunity for Boone, especially if the Chargers offense struggles against certain and the rest. And there's no I, I, I think
0: you're underselling how bad they are. They're terrible. They're
2: absolutely <laughs> terrible. Well, J.C. Jackson makes a difference on their pass defense. I think that that's part of it too. But yeah, run defense wise. So I think Mike Boone. He, I have him inside my top thirty, and I have Mike Boone in front of somebody I'm saving for later. But uh, sneak preview, the other person I'll throw it as a dart throw is the teammate of the person we're we'll saving for later, and that's Tony Pollard, who gets more use in the passing game. And you know the jokes have been here for past years, including myself. But Tony Pollard should be getting all the touches, but in this matchup against the eagles who don't let any Oh not, i gotta save that i'll save it for later but tony pollard if you're looking for the dart throw other the running back other than eno and mike boone
1: yeah it's amazing too that you, they're both dart throws for you i would have been like i'll start pollard and and i'll dart throw uh mike boone but there's an aggressive rank on boone so i love it this is going to be good when you bring up that other guy a little bit later your start and your dart brandon uh, I I
0: wanted I was all about the Eno one as well I'll just say that Raheem Moster I don't know if you have you know if you have anything you're seeing since you broke the news on Jonathan Taylor practicing but uh, Raheem Moster didn't practice on Wednesday and if he doesn't play then I guess we can lean back in on Chase Edmonds against Minnesota I mean maybe we'll get some Miles Gaskin mixed in there as well but you would think that Chase Edmonds would probably get over a dozen touches in that matchup. And I'd be good with playing him as a top 30 ish kind of play. I will say my dart uh, is Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he's, he's been the snap leader in the backfield in four or five games. Um, he's basically played as much as Clyde Edwards, Alaire, but if you look at this game against Buffalo and it goes the way that we all want it to, and, and is a replay of sorts of what we saw last year, uh, it could be a lot of passing in, for both teams and you know that worked out for McKinnon when they faced each other in the in the playoffs last year at five catches, fifty-four yards. But you know he had a really pretty decent you know couple of uh, nice plays in that last game and looked good. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lean on him even a little bit more in on this one. It, it's a dart throw, and so you know there's potential. There is a <laughs> there is the potential kind of like one, two, three point downside but I think he can make some plays and and be a guy that can help you in PPR leagues for sure. Do you you guys
1: think the trade window for CEH closed? um, And and maybe you just don't think it ever needs to happen, but you know, it's opening up a little bit. We saw Pacheco get involved more McKinnon's getting into this list. Did that trade window where C E H was the top five running back for those couple of weeks, you think that's gone for anybody?
2: No, it was already gone to begin with. I mean, and you were never getting that. I know that's not what you're saying, but It's gone ever since that. I think people already soured with the zero rushing yards and the touchdown that saved the day two weeks ago.
0: That was that right there was the testament of like, ooh, this is this could be get bad really quick. What one thing I know about fans who are pulling, I've had you know, I had I almost pulled a trade off this weekend for Leonard Fournette. Like everything is reactive to the week that was. Like the windows open and close that quickly. And I just think when someone has a great week two weeks ago, but then they followed up with a terrible week. Like it's, it's like you know, night and day. This the is contrast. where
2: Fonsa knows. This is where I go through the comments. This is where I get my buys and sells from. Like, do you the reaction right now, and remember last year, and it took longer for Mike Williams, but like, remember Mike Williams last year after the first four or five weeks, and people were like top five wide receiver the rest of the season, though. No. Right. And then you get a few weeks later, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, we should have traded him. Garrett Wilson just went from wide receiver 1 in people's minds and trades to should I drop him four? Mm. That's how quickly to Funston's point that's how quickly people change and fantasy and I'm not saying everybody out there cuz if you're listening to the show you're probably like not my league we're not that stupid but <laughs> just there's plenty of leagues like that's, <laughs> these questions don't pop up from people like that like are just only in these type of leagues.
1: That's a great point. Uh, Over to wide receivers. Wide receivers for week six. Your start and your dart. Jake Seeley, you're our our leadoff man.
2: (laughs) I don't know know if I'm going to steal Funstons this time. Uh, My start is... It it sounds like McKenzie is cleared. Isaiah McKenzie is cleared. I would have loved... I I tried to combine his first and last name. Khalil Shakir again. But my biggest thing here is the Kansas City Chiefs past EPA is abysmal. Especially against slot-wide receivers who have just destroyed the Chiefs. We expect this to be a shootout, and Isaiah McKenzie, if he's back, should be the only concern here is what if they 50-50 split the slot role, which is a legitimate concern. But if McKenzie's back, I don't think Shakir's one game has done enough to supplant McKenzie yet, but I wouldn't drop Shakir just in case. So there's the one, the dart. (laughs) Hey, I mocked. Everybody said for somebody has to catch the ball for the Giants. like, no, nobody does have to catch the ball until finally Darius Slayton got his opportunity to get like, I get Darius Slayton's limitations. And I get the fact that he got so supremely overrated from his rookie season for what went right in that situation. There was a lot that the situation brought to him, but how quickly the team and this is the old regime and the new with Dable just kind of wrote him off of like, he's done, he's limited, can't do anything. But we've seen that you kind of want at least a deep threat kind of running around out there at some point. And I I hate Daniel Jones, but he does quote unquote need somebody to throw to. And Slayton had what, 80 yards last week? If Wandell Robinson comes back, that would
1: probably be my other one. I actually like Wandell more than Slayton if he actually finally suits up. I do love that Slayton one. That's one I'm both of these picks are ones that uh, I'm locked into because uh, that Khalil occur was that one. I wanted that one. I wanted big. I wanted that to be the play this week. I know. like, can McKenzie
2: sit out one more week? Please just one.
1: one. I wanted him to get going. Uh, Also, if this becomes a shootout, it has an opportunity for both those guys to be solid. But I would have loved to have locked into one of those. Brandon, your start, your dart week six wide receivers.
0: Yeah, I kind of blended these. I don't know, maybe something along the lines of what Jake did with the running back. But, like, I have um, Devin DuVernay, Rondale Moore, and Alec Pierce all in the wide receiver three or just tucked inside the top 40. So, like, you know, mileage may vary on the rankings with some people on these guys, but I think they're they're guys that were way out of the picture early in the season who have done stuff in the last few weeks. And Alec Pierce, back-to-back 80-yard games, DuVernay, you know, doing some Debo stuff where they're giving him some run in the backfield. But, you know, he's he's a guy I've always liked. I mean, he was a screen, he was a screenplay darling in in college. Like he would, you know, you dump him the ball on the screen and let him run in space. And I think Baltimore is starting to play around with him more, and I love that. So and Rondell Moore against my Seahawks. I mean, guys that do weird things. Like I was talking about the Taysom Hill thing is so predictable against Seattle. So is guys like Rondell Moore, just like doing misdirection, uh, you know, getting him in space and, and and just exposing Seattle for, you know, the weak weakness that they are in the defensive side of the ball. So Rondell Moore coming off a big game is also another great play.
1: RIP uh, Greg Dortch and that fantasy value yeah. for those couple weeks. So RIP <laughs> to ever seeing his fantasy uh, production again. Week six, who has you thinking twice, Jake Seeley?
2: <laughs> so what I was alluding to before is Ezekiel Elliott. And I know people are already – thinking twice so maybe you're thinking thrice on this one but mm-hmm. since detroit the eagles not one but one running back has run for more than nine attempts that was gibson who ran 12 for 38 against them and they haven't let anybody top 38 yards except for james Conner last week 55 for that wonderful high that they faced since week one 55 rushing yards has been the high since week one 12 attempts has been the high and everybody else has been single digit attempts and nobody's past 38 zeke is purely run game at this point. And uh, by the way, the the reason I was really digging into Zeke is because uh, another show that asked me to do an over-under, his over-under on rushing yards this week, 53.5. He's done under on that three times. He's only gone over twice at 78 and 73, I think, off the top of my head, and it's not going to happen against the Eagles. I do not want to start Ezekiel Elliott, and we already talked about him, so we can do this kind of quickly. I don't want to have to start Clyde Edwards-Alaire at this point. That makes yeah. me
1: feel bad. That makes all of that makes me feel bad, especially the C E H one. Pr- uh, I mean, you probably
2: have to, and it's a shootout, so of course, and you and like the touchdown efficiencies. But I don't want to have to start him. I mean, we're we're starting, you know, Benjamin, as you said, over Clyde Edwards Alaire. We're
0: starting quite a few options over Clyde Edwards Alaire at this point. Who's making you think twice, Brandon? J.K. Dobbins, because I, you know, the, it, I can see this week going both ways. I was, I wanted to go in big on him, but, but. You Know a 19 to 17 game where it's close last week and you get and you're getting five more than five yards a carry, but they give you eight carries and you get 44 yards and they give Kenyon Drake one more snap than you. Like, I'm like, okay, this is a good matchup against the Giants, you know, for a running back, but he kind of feels TD dependent right now, which it's been a good offense for him getting set up for touchdowns except for last week. But, um, like, could he get a touchdown? Could they give him 10 to 12 touches this week and and the yardage ends up being fine? Yes. But are they just giving him 26 snaps and, and riding this out until after the bye, and slow playing him all the way because of the bad knee injury that he's coming off of. And they don't want to use him too much too early. And we're going to see more Kenyon Drake and a lot of Lamar Jackson, even some more Devin DuVernay in the backfield. Like maybe. So I can go two ways with it. It's what it's, what's, you know, why he jumped out as me as a thinking twice guy.
2: Well, to your point, Boston, they're the Giants are giving up well over five yards of carry. And yeah. I'm up a lot of big game. Well, here's the thing. They're a lot of big games. But something, I don't know why we can't flip this switch between the 10s but they've only allowed one rushing touchdown. Like something happens, and we just saw it in that game with that, that goal line stand at the end of the game. Like something oh, yeah. flips, and that defense like wakes up inside the 10-yard line, and I, I don't get it. Like I don't get like what changes in their minds, or maybe it's just the format or who they're using on the field, but you're right. They're just giving up a ton of rushing yards, but then it's clamp down season. They get the clamps from future. Yeah, homers, and, and I kind of have is. to feel
0: good about J.K. Dobbins <laughs> scoring a touchdown to kind of play him right now. And, that, and
1: that's where I was going with that, too, yeah. to your point about that. Brandon, let me give you a who'd you rather, J.K. Dobbins or James Robinson?
0: Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm actually, I'm going to go J.K. Dobbins there. I'm going to go J.K. I have K. one spot in front of James Robinson. It's <laughs> <Yeah, that's> close. It's going to look at mine, but.
1: I think it's very close. Okay, let me ask you this one. J.K. Dobbins or Clyde Edwards-Alaire?
0: <laughs> um, I'd probably go. Clyde Edwards Alaire there. Oh, boo, Jake, boo him, boo that man. <laughs> Actually, you have him. Above. yeah No, no,
1: yeah, you have Edwards Alaire. Yeah, I have Dobbins two spots. Two, two spots in front of Edwards Alaire. Okay. Yeah, we were trying to figure. I was trying to figure out where we could get you with that one. The James Robinson. <laughs> Singletary one, or J.K. Dobbins. Ooh,
0: ooh, yeah. I'm going I want. I want pieces of that Buffalo Casey game. I'm gonna go Singletary. All
2: right. Okay, well, then do I'm the last go. one right in front of J.K. Dobbins. Do that last one.
1: Najee Harris or jk dobbins
0: I actually i know i have jk dobbins ahead of Najee. so wow oh,
1: all right i i moved jk i have a i have Naji down pretty far as well i think i'm pretty dramatically over it pretty drastically over it if i will <laughs> i like uh, I'll get, i'd too. rather get burned for a week dramatically drastically all of the things above uh prove me wrong um how tight can you make your end this week we'll go to brandon first how tight's that uh, in this week for your tight ends
0: I think it still holds true that the Seahawks tight end position is second highest scoring tight end position. It's actually
2: Arizona and Seattle. It's the it's Arizona's the dead worst and no, but I'm talking about like
0: Travis Kelsey and the KC tight end position is number one in fantasy. Like Seattle's number two. Like the combination. Oh, their
2: team. Oh, the combination. I thought you you meant the matchups wise. No, Seattle's the best matchup for tight ends by a mile, and then Arizona's two. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was going to eventually get to that. But Seattle's been doing stuff. I mean, geno has been throwing to the tight end position. Uh, it, the problem is he splits it out pretty evenly. Uh, but it does seem like Will Disley and Noah Fant kind of bubbled up a little bit more the last couple of weeks. So I would say that if you're, you know, if you if you didn't get Taysom Hill on waivers this week, uh, yeah, Will Disley, Will Disley yeah. against, against the Arizona Cardinals would be a, <laughs> a decent plug and play.
1: Disley, disley. Uh, Jake, how tight's the end? <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty, like,
0: I don't I lo- know which I way to go. Is it, is it, is it, is it tight or untight? you have put down there.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, so that's the thing, too. It's like, one, it's the name, and I don't know, like, if, if it's high up on the list. Is that tighter or looser? I don't, don't know. Don't do like, this. Like, Look like, at this. Okay.
1: But, the, I want everyone to know, before he says this name, this, this little bit is supposed to be how far down are you willing to go on your right. opinions? Give that's me what the so this get, name does, that you can the, start. The, that, that, but that's what I'm saying. Does it get I tighter know. the further you go down, or does it get looser the further you, you know, I think it gets a you
2: lot get tighter. tighter? Yeah. But this is this is going to be a funny Okay, so this one's so this one's kind of loose, is what you're you're saying <laughs> I'm
0: uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: some people might think my tight end is loose. <laughs> it's, it's Kyle Pitts. I mean, at this point, I don't see how he's a guaranteed start. Uh, but back from injury, San Francisco is not a good matchup. But uh, the reason I go to him is because I have him one spot of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is three or 20. Like, there's no in-between. He's Hayden Hurst. He's Gerald Everett. He's David Njoku. They're Jared, all in the same conversation. Jared Cook,
0: your, your guy.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Jared Cook. Well, and that's a great example. The reason I always hated Jared Cook and hated and hated hated him is because people didn't use him properly. The Jared Cook is the same thing what you have to now do. If you went and dropped the bag, which I saw people do on Taysom Hill on FAB, just put him in your lineup and deal with it. Don't If he goes out and gets you three this week, do not bench him next week. I don't know how to check the buys. Saints are not a buy next week, are they? Because then you might have to bench him. But that being said, is if you bought into Taysom Hill, if you bought into Hayden Hurst, I thank you, Funston, because if you bought into Jared Cook back then, you just play him and take it on the chin when it doesn't work because he won't show up in good matchups and then he'll get two touchdowns in matchups he shouldn't. And that's what I'm. That's the point. And that's what Funston's referencing. Anyway, so Kyle Pitts at this point is now in that same conversation. But I'll still k- take Kyle Pence- Pitts for his usage versus Taysom Hill being four or five runs, and that's what he's dependent on.
1: Week 14. Oh, uh, it's the bye week, so you can yeah, just... Yeah,
0: I thought they were one of the last Last. One. Oh, yeah. so there you go.
1: You don't have to worry about Taysom Hill until you're getting to the playoffs. Yeah, you can sex- successfully put just put him out there. You know, last thing, I didn't put this on the sheet, but everything we've just gone through with the, the names of looking at Geno Smith in the top 10, we're talking about Mike Boone in the top 30, you know, Benjamin in the top 20, uh, Taysom Hill is a top 12 starting tight end, all this stuff. Was there anybody that made you just feel like, I don't know, open your eyes or made you feel gross or it really was like, wow, we are really in the throes of football season. Start with you, Jake. Cause you had those ranks out. Like, is there any <laughs> of those guys that really was just like, holy crap. When you realized what you were doing and it almost made you stop for a second not stop i mean but the you know benjamin is one that sticks out the most is just like wow this
2: is this is where we're at i mean honestly like go back to what you we were joking about the fact that we're having this conversation of Najee harris who was a first round middle first round pick was supposed to be saquon barkley christian mccaffrey touch proof in the fact that hey 20 touches every single week we don't care if the offense stinks no he's not the number one running back but i think that's the testament if people are out there and have him further than i do which is not like we're talking i have am as an rb two. some people don't i think that's the clear testament to this is the middle of the fantasy season and it doesn't matter what you drafted it doesn't matter your draft costs it doesn't matter how you feel about these players this is where we're at right now and it sucks for him and i don't really understand it i know a lot of people are saying Jalen warrens look better at times similar to my argument for mike boone but you look at it too and it's not just him it's the yards before contact are almost before not after before contact is almost three times as high for Warren and I don't like I don't understand like the defensive formations just don't expect Warren to always
1: run the ball but there's something going on more than just Najee Harris although it might be the list Frank too yeah I think that last part of what you said Brandon same thing was there anybody that just opened your eyes you're like whoa okay hello week six
0: yeah, not really. Uh, kind of deciding that I have to rank Randall Cobb somewhere uh, decently was kind of annoying. Yeah, um, that was just and, one week. I know. That, well, that was, and,
2: and, that was almost like Aaron Rodgers being like, "Ha ha! Look at what I'm going to do today."
0: Right. Exactly. Um, like, and I just say the the watch like the game tonight, which you know this won't. This is going to be a moot point. Maybe things change, but like just looking at the Commanders' backfield and like. You know, someone, one of my friends asked me, should I start Brian Robinson this week? And I'm like, I don't, I, I would, it was over Terry McLaurin. And I'm like, I think mm-hmm. I'd stick with, with scary Terry, you know, and and not make that move. But like the, the Washington commanders backfields ugly right now and trying to figure out how to rank them kind of felt like, oh, here we are. Week six. Yeah. One of these guys might be. I'll give you the other cool. one. Ramondre Stevenson being almost a top five running back. Yeah. I mean, he was top five. He was five on my list. I went for be, yeah.
1: Good point. Something you, we didn't. Do you even not have Taylor? Do you not have
2: Taylor in there, or would you play him over Taylor? I would not play him way, over Taylor,
0: it? but um, but that's like no one's making that decision, right? Like,
1: I think it's a possibility. I mean, the well, ten, no, ten you know, probably league? not. You might have started Taylor Barkley, and then what's got the him odds later?
0: that you'd have like? You know? two of the top five guys in Ramondre, like you should be able to slide somebody into a flex. Zone. Could
1: have Taylor and Chubb uh, in a 10 man league. Like uh, Jake said, so it's, no, no it's out yeah. there. Yeah, sure. It's a possibility out there. Friends. I would always encourage you guys to go over to the athletic and check out Jake's rank article. It's got all of the stuff that uh, you could possibly want because welcome to fantasy football. You had it easy for five weeks when you weren't dealing with all of this. It is officially go time with all of the bye weeks, all of the crazy roster stuff, and you're going to need the most help you can possibly get, and you can get that over at the Athletic with Jake's article. Get Nine all the comments in the next ten weeks for these freaking buys. No, thank you. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> no, thank you. That is it for us. It's the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. That's Jake Sealy on Twitter at all in kid, Brandon Funson at Brandon Funson. You can find me at Is It The Welsh. You guys have a fantastic week, and we will talk to you break it down Week Six in just a couple days. We're out of here.